Welcome back, everyone, to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James, and yes, unfortunately, I'm alone again this week. Christina was having some car issues, so wasn't able to make it home for the recording. And of course, Michael is on the road for a few more weeks. But don't worry, Christina's car is all fixed up, good to go. So she'll be back next week. And Michael back, hopefully, pretty soon. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a ridiculous amount of content this week. It is absolutely bonkers. The amount of games alone that are releasing this week are mind-boggling. It took me like an hour just to get through some of them. Uh, well, all of them, to be honest with you, and pick out the best ones that I think are picks. And I have tabs upon tabs open over here. It's going to be an action-packed week. But first, let's get into the news because... We all know that the Nintendo Switch Lite is on the way, and there was brand new SNES drop for the Nintendo Online Service. So with that came a Nintendo Switch 9.0 firmware update. Nintendo seems to be updating the firmware non-stop on the Nintendo Switch, and I myself got this update recently. There's a bunch of things packed in. Now, I do think that a lot of these are for the brand new SNES uh, um, service, but also for the Nintendo Switch Lite, which is upcoming very fast. But there were some nice updates. First, there's a brand new way to search articles in the news section. I do love that news channel. And there's also a brand new QR code feature. Now, I do think this is pretty interesting, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But in general, the cool part about the QR update is if you're ever at Nintendo events, you usually have to go to your phone and you have to check into your Nintendo online account, pull up a QR code and they scan it and you get free stuff. That's what I did at PAX before. Uh, it looks like now you can just do it right from the settings screen in the user settings. Now, what's cool about that is that if you're at probably the Nintendo store or Nintendo events or perhaps other Nintendo related amusement parks in the future you'll be able to pull out this qr code so we'll see what this has but there's a bunch of new features in 9.0 for game developers the first is this new alarm clock notification system uh, in fact there's a little tiny hidden led in the home button of every nintendo switch um, um, joy con and third-party controllers and first-party controllers it's a ring around it that doesn't really light up that much but they've added a new feature where you can check and delete preset alarms. My assumption here is that maybe this is for the new Animal Crossing where they wanna set you stuff because they say that alarms can be set up only within supported software. So you're not creating these. You can check or delete them, you can't add them, but software can update it. So maybe Fortnite has a huge event. Well, they can have a little blinky in there. Perhaps there's notifications. I'm not really sure, it'd be very interesting. They do say that a controller firmware update may be required based on how old your Joy-Cons or other things are, but definitely take a look for that. I think that's really cool. And they also added a new section uh, for online play invites. Again, this is a brand new feature that they're updating into the system, which I think is great. And they again say, invites from friends to join online play in supported software. So my assumption here is that, hey, Christina's playing Mario Kart. She sends me a friend invite. I actually finally get a notification on my Nintendo Switch. Please, for the love, backport this feature to every single Nintendo Switch software game ever. It really, really needs it. That's uh, absolutely required. There's some other nice little features like uh, touchscreen um, sensitivity in there, uh, which is nice. And of course, some system stability improvements. So definitely check that out. And you've probably already updated to 9.0, but now you know what's in it. 
Now, the most exciting news of the week to me, at least, and I think Christina's in between and Michael basically hates it, is finally, right after the podcast dropped last week, we got the official announcement of the Ring Fit Adventure game, that brand new peripheral that we talked about last week. It is a new round plastic controller thingy thing, and you plug your Joy-Cons into it, and you can play all sorts of games, and you can flex it, and you could be a bow, and it can be exercise thing, and it's a whole bunch of stuff. Think of this as Wii Fit 2 for all intents and purposes. Uh, I've already pre-ordered it. I'm super stoked on it. They have an eight-minute video or so explaining the entire game, how the, the, the ring con, as they're calling it, will work. And you can think of it as Wii Fit, but in an adventure mode where you are going through adventures daily, uh, weekly, having different challenges. You're jogging, you're doing archery, you're doing all sorts of different workout activities, but you're playing an adventure game. Uh, and I think this is really, really neat. I hope that other games could even pick this up as unique little twists that you could download from the eShop. It's gonna be $79.99, so not too, too much, because you're gonna get a whole new little controller thingy. And it'll be officially released on October 18th. So uh, I pre-ordered mine from Best Buy. The pre-orders also should be up on Amazon or your favorite retailer. I'm into it. I could lose. Uh, I could. I could definitely uh, lose a few pounds, and hopefully, Ring Fit Adventure will be it. I'm really excited to see what the multiplayer part of it is. Like, can my partner and I sit down and play the game together? And how would that actually work? They have a beautiful website though to to give it a look. Um, because it will include that ring con, the leg strap, the game itself. So definitely check out the video if you haven't seen it yet. This is definitely a family council seller. Uh, you know, I think of it as the brain age or the Wii Fit, like I said, or the balance board where mass appeal, getting it into the non-traditional gamer's hands to do something really unique. But I, I do think that this is simply spectacular. Now, if you live in Japan, be aware that very, very soon. In fact, on October 1st, you are going to see a little tiny increase in your 12-month subscription costs, or even your one month as well. Due to the country's consumption tax, there will be an increase of 8 to 10%. So in general, you're going to look at a small little boost uh, up for the 12-month subscription. We'll go from 2,400 yen to 2,448 yen. So just a little small bump in general, but it seems like a dollar overall, so not too, too crazy. And that, again, is only Japan. No other areas outside of Japan will be affected. But if you are in Japan, just be aware that you're going to get a little increase due to that consumption tax. Now, in a recent media conference uh, with uh, some investors on the Super Nintendo World uh, entertainment park that we know is opening in Orlando at Universal Theaters. There's been some updates into some kind of emerging technology that will be infused into the theme park. Uh, in this call, in this kind of media conference, the information was revealed that there would be ways that visitors of the theme park would be able to connect their Nintendo Switch consoles or Switch Lite consoles to the theme park or rides in some way so they could sort of take the experience with them around the park. Uh, interesting because I don't know if I 
really want to carry my Nintendo Switch around an amusement park where I'm on rides and I'm all over the place. Seems a little bit odd. Uh, they also said there's some sort of score tracking wristband that keeps records of how players are doing in games throughout the park. So there might be some sort of switch integrations throughout the park that you're being tracked on, getting high scores on. So details are a little bit slim, but I will be uh, surprised to see how Nintendo integrates in this console into the theme park and how that can expand. We know in the past that they have used the 3DS and even 2DS and DS originally uh, in all sorts of different uh, arenas, such as uh, ball fields and other areas that you could walk around, get information. So it might be something like that, maybe as you're walking around. But I guess in 2020, when this thing will open or, or beyond, is that really what we're going to be looking to do with our Nintendo Switch? How will that work? Is not like there's GPS built in. How will Wi-Fi work? Um, I'm intrigued by it, but I'm, I'm a little worried at the same time to over-index on that. Now, we know that the Nintendo Switch just got some firmware updates, and we know that the Switch has been out for a few years now. But one thing we didn't know is if there was ever a limit to that playtime counter. You know that playtime counter when you're playing a game and you go to your profile and it says that you've played Legend of Zelda for 105 hours. You're like, wow, that's nearly three days. That's a long time. And then you continue to play the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Well, apparently there is a limit and it has been officially reached by Samir Aid. Uh, Samir Aidman on Twitter tweeted a photo of that screen for Breath of the Wild where they have invested over 9,999 hours. So in case you're wondering, that appears to be the limit, 9,999 or approximately 416 days. So a little bit more than a year. Now, I don't know how Samir got it here. My assumption is that they just left it on nonstop because to play it for that many days straight would be a little bit much. Uh, so uh, that is quite surprising just in general. But that is, yeah, 416 days and 15 hours. That is a lot. Uh, over at Nintendo Life, they did have a little fun fact that that is the equivalent to launching Splatoon 2 and watching Marina and Pearl discuss the current stages 448,107 times, which is pretty uh, astonishing. So quite amazing that that is there, and I'm not sure how and why. But I will also note that this individual has played Super Mario Odyssey also 270 hours. So that's quite a lot of time. Are you close? Are you at that? I, I want to know. Uh, right into us at NintendoDispatch.com. I want to know how close you are to 9,999. Now, I also wanted to talk about this really great article that I highly recommend everyone go check out. It is called Developers Cash In by Selling Their Nintendo Switch Games for Pennies over on Kotaku. Stefan Broner wrote this article after interviewing a whole bunch of indie developers. And the reality here is games go on sale just in general. A game is out for some time. They go on sale. Sometimes they're pick up steam and sell more of them they'll linger around for a bit but i think I feel like with the nintendo switch online we're seeing these massive crazy just deals we saw bouncy bob stay on there for months upon months at a penny and you're saying well how you know how could they 
sell this for a penny. And then you say, well, if they weren't selling any games at all, and now they're selling a hundred thousand of them at a penny, well, they just picked up a few grand, like not, you know, not bad. It's better than nothing. So he interviewed a bunch of different developers, specifically around the crazy, ridiculous discount of Superbeat Zonic. Sonic, I'm going to call it. Zonic, Sonic, whatever it is. When it was on sale for 89 cents, which is a game that I picked up for 89 cents, stayed at the number one spot, still in the top 30 today, and is a spectacular game. So he interviewed all sorts of different developers that have been analyzing the Nintendo eShop. What is their rationale behind these massive discounts? And what does it look like afterwards? So he interviewed um, a bunch of developers, such as uh, Matt Bittner, who created a robot named Fight, and HitSense, Draw a Stickman Epic 2. Their game went on sale originally for $6.99 uh, when it was on sale uh, for 30% off. Then they did a huge sale where it was only $0.99. Cents. And they said that their game, when it was on sale, picked up and went on sale and sold more than 1,000 times more copy sold per day than average. What this does and what they're finding is that this shoots them up, of course, into the best sellers. And of course, not every game that's on sellers there, but when you have a relatively decent game or a good game, you're going to see that. And what happens is, is that during that sale, it can sometimes perform better than at launch. And in fact, we saw that with that membrane game that was on sale in the eShop for a huge, huge discount. And they said, you know what? I can sell it for nine cents. I can sell it for 89 cents because I can pick up 99% of my sales that way um, and still make a bigger profit than had I just left it at the normal discount. So it's a really fun read to go through all of it, all sorts of insights in it. Really, really great read. Highly, highly enjoyed it. So definitely give that a look. And of course, we will definitely see more games on sale as it seems to work. Now, that's most of the big news news for this week. I really think Ring, Ring Fit Adventure and, of course, some just really great little updates in that Switch 9.0 software are really big. But we do have a few game articles and some new accessories that I want to talk about. Now, last time Michael was on, he talked about his disdained for Bloodstained. And uh, I've talked before how I enjoy Bloodstained. Uh, however, there is dramatic issues with the Nintendo Switch version which honestly I have not gone back to pick up since I played originally. And I said, it's not a game I need to play right now. I was a Kickstarter backer, so I'd already paid for it. It does disappoint me that maybe I doubled down on getting Switch versions for, for me and Michael so we could pick it up and not getting something else. But I really would hope that over some time they could fix some of the glaring issues or rescale something as it could be a really great seller for the system. Um, you know, put it on sale or something like that, right? Uh, but in general, it, it becomes a little bit unplayable in the state in which it's at when it's dropping down so dramatically in frame rate or has big load times. So there's finally an update for not Bloodstained, but from the development team on the update for the Nintendo Switch version. So they said, listen, an incoming update for the Switch is coming. It's happening, but there is no date. To quote, they said, as mentioned in the last update, which is about maybe a month and a half ago, I want to say at this point, the bulk of our development resources are still being put into a major Switch update. Now, remember from the past, they were going to do small updates. Now they're doing one major update. 
They said, we don't have an ETA to share with you on the full revamp, but we are on track to deliver on our internal dates. Okay, okay. I mean, so they can't share the internal dates with us, but they are on track. Don't, don't worry. They said, currently finding visual effects that are slowing things down, optimizing or replacing effects, but visually they say it will look the same or better. They mentioned also that tons of work is being put into the input delay and stability and more. I believe in general, those were the bigger issues, just the input delay, the frame rate, and hopefully they can pick that up as the games that they released before this, the 2D small 8-bit version played great. Uh, so just make it that and that'd be awesome. So uh, we will continue to follow Bloodstained uh, Ritual of the Night and updates as it goes. We had a few more game news articles, but we're going to talk about them here in a few seconds with the new game releases. So let's get into one more little tidbit. Uh, this was a Kickstarter because everyone who loves Kickstarters loves Kickstarters. I love a Kickstarter on turning your Nintendo Switch or any device specifically into an augmented reality or more like mixed reality VR headset. Now, this thing is called Dream Glass Air, and there's a big write-up in a bunch of um, news sources in the last week or two. It is currently seven days left. They've already hit their $15,000 goal, which was very small. They're almost at a million dollars at this point, and it is a mixed reality or AR screen headset for your phone, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, anything that you want, anything that has an HDMI source. And what they're saying this will do is give you a 100 foot, in quotes, 2.5K screen in front of your face. Has a 90 degree ultra wide uh, field of view. You can do multiple screen features. It's compatible with anything. It has wireless five hour battery life. And you can think of it as the HoloLens or some other device that is projecting a screen in front of your eyes. And it is glassware. It's a big hunking piece of glass that you put on top you can watch tv shows you can play your nintendo switch you can connect it to your uh to your phone and basically get anything on it is what they're saying it is quite expensive it's about 300 dollars. was their super early bird on it uh and i'm intrigued by it because it has some similar features of what they're saying to the hololens um, with full disclosure, I do work for Microsoft. Uh, however, I do not work in or nearby the HoloLens team. But what they're saying here is that you can hook it up to anything. And what they are shipping it with is a sort of dongle that you pair your phone or other things over Wi-Fi. And I believe they're doing some screen mirroring technology there. Or what they've really shown a lot of these, including their video demos of the Nintendo Switch, is just an HDMI cable. So the HDMI cable comes out of the headset, it's tethered into an adapter, and then goes into your specific drone or game console or notepad and just projects that screen. So I guess that's interesting. I'm not sold necessarily on this idea or virtual reality all that much, but if it's something you're really, really into and you want to be cutting edge, definitely take a look at the link in the show notes. As again, it's going to price for few hundred dollars although that is the same price as the nintendo switch so we'll see how that shakes out and again we still have a week left on that kickstarter project and who knows when it will actually ship into stores or online for that matter now 
I don't have any rumor mills, no Fortnite Loot Llama supply drop update, and of course Michael isn't here to tell us anything, but that's the news and some game news and accessory news as well that we were able to find in the past week in the world of Nintendo. So what that brings us to is the best sellers. There have been all sorts of games on sale that have also released in the last week, and it was a big week. We have more new games in the top 30 than ever before than I can remember. First up in number one top spot is Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, followed by Celeste, which was on sale for 50% off, which I highly, highly recommended last week and still highly recommend as it has free DLC for the final chapter. Undertale, number three. For number four is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening pre-purchase, which comes out this week, which we'll talk about very shortly. Spyro Reimagined Trilogy, which is awesome, making it to the top spot number five. Number six is Minecraft, Torchlight 2 at number seven, Blasphemous, which I was very surprised to see in number eight spot, very cool. Defunct for 95% off in number nine, and then Astral Chain still hanging out in the top 10 spot. And of course, we do have some new games that were released in the last two weeks that broke into the top 30 up here. So first is actually 11th and 12th. 11th is Divinity 2, Original Sin. Then River City Girls in the 12th spot. Damon, Damon X Machina in the 19th spot. Pretty good to see it break into the top, but I was hoping for it to break into the top 10. Don't forget, there is a demo available for it. We had the prologue, but now there's also a new demo. And of course the game is out. Also in the top 30 is a little game called NBA 2K20. So if you love NBA, it's there in the 25th spot. And then finally, just squeaking in, squeaking into the top 30 is Deadly Premonition Origins, number 30. So I was gonna do it for the best sellers, but we have a plethora, a cornucopia, if you will, of new releases that have dropped this week, September 16th through the 22nd. So let's get into it. And what we're gonna do here is we are going to run down the entire list of new releases and then bring it back to the top. And I'm gonna tell you my top picks that you should be checking out this week on your Nintendo Switch or Nintendo 3DS question mark. All right, let's get into it. September 16th, we have Akash. Path of the Five for $30. Angry Bunnies, Colossal Carrot Crusade. That is free with a whole bunch of downloadable content that you can pay for. Um, that game is basically just Angry Birds, but not looking like Angry Birds at all, so don't, don't download that game. <laughs> That's it on the 16th. Uh, September 17th, you have Death State, Abyss, Abyssal, Abyssal, Abyssal Edition, Abyssal. That's a bad word for, I don't understand interesting word there for ten dollars jet cave adventure cave with a k for twenty dollars i the summonum solemnum solemnum files for sixty dollars lego jurassic world for forty dollars big one that i'm really excited for castle crashes remastered for fifteen dollars rebel cops for ten and then Finishing off September 17th is Real Fishing Road Trip Adventure. And real as an R-E-E-L. Get it? Reeling the reeling in the fish. Real fishing adventure. There you go. 
Uh, on the 19th, we have Police Stories for $15, Soul Knight for $12, Sayonara Wild Hearts for $13, which I'll talk about in a second here, Neon Drive for $10, and then a Nintendo 3DS game, Mountain Peak Battle Mess. That is a mess of a game for $1. One Way Ticket on the Nintendo Switch for $7, Overland for $25, Lost Castle for $10. Devil May Cry 2 for 20. Puzzle Quest, The Legend Returns for 15. Inferno 2 for 5. Paper Dolls Origin for 17. Grid, Autosport for 35. And then another 3DS title, Shakedown Hawaii. Yes, it was on the Nintendo Switch, and now it's on your 3DS for 15 bones. You thought I was done, but I am not even close. September 20th, Zenith for 15. Finally, it finally happened. Untitled Goose Game for $20. Tidwagnir Veer Neeromanand. That's really the title of the game, I swear. $10. Hidden for $10. Scheming Through the Zombie Apocalypse, The Beginning for $5. Island Maze for $3. Nifelheim for $15. Spellworm for $2. And then the two big releases this week, Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch for $50. And then The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening for $60. We have been waiting for this forever, and it's finally here, and I cannot be more excited about it. So let's bring it to the top with all these games. Let me break down what I think you should be checking out this week. Now, I did have this one not checked, and it's still not checked, but it's of interest to look at. This I, the Somnium Files. It's a $60 from Spike Chunsoft, which I thought is really interesting. They're developing it and also publishing it. They've had a lot of great games in the past, and it is a very large sort of title that has come out, but it's sort of a very odd adventure game i can't really describe it it's like in sort of like an investigation thing it's it's so hard even watching the video going to the website it's just worth looking at i guess in general uh the graph style graphic styles are very kind of over the top um anime style and you're kind of exploring this 3d world trying to solve um, this crime that has occurred. So it's worth giving a look at just because I'm, I'm just intrigued by the game, even though I can't really make out what you're doing in it. Uh, so give that one a look. Uh, I also checked Lego Jurassic World. I love the Lego games. They're simply fantastic. And I really enjoy Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Uh, this one's really cool. You can choose from 20 dinosaurs, including Triceratops, Raptors, T-Rex, and go through this entire adventure. Uh, all in Lego form. So if you like Lego and you like Jurassic World slash Park, give it a look. Uh, it's up to two players, so you can play locally um, from TT Games and Warner Brother Games. Uh, and, of course, uh, also sp- supports uh, Save Data Cloud uh, updates, which is really nice. So give that a look. That's good for the kiddos, uh, but also for the inner kid in yourself. Now, a game that I could not be more excited about from the behemoth is finally on the Nintendo Switch, which is Castle Crashers Remastered, one of my favorite games. It came out 
all too long ago, but it is a 2D arcade adventure from the behemoth. It's running at a super buttery smooth 60 FIPS frames per second, um, all in high res visuals, uh, 25 characters, 40 weapons. I mean, it is a side scroller action, smash them up, four player, local co-op. I mean, if you haven't ever played Castle Crashers for $15, you gotta get it. It's a spectacular game, just absolutely spectacular. Lovely, sort of like hand-drawn-esque graphics, just it's over the top. It's one of the best games. I think it was on the original Xbox, I wanna say, but superb. Another one that caught my eye that I didn't have checked and then I researched it a little bit more is this game for $10 called Rebel Cops. And I noticed that it was published by THQ Nordic. And they published all sorts of really interesting games. And they had published This is the Police and This is the Police 2, which I had picked up for the Nintendo Switch when it was on sale. And Rebel Cops is a spin-off game. It's nearly kind of in the same vein, but instead of playing as like a local cop, you are in this sort of um, um, squad of cops against criminals in a new city so it's a spin-off game which i thought was really unique it's turn based um and also strategy based i would say you're kind of you're assigning the police officers that are out for the day you're arming them and then you're sending them out on missions that become turn-based i really enjoyed uh this is the police the the, the parts and bits that i played to get through uh and for ten dollars this is actually a, a better deal than even this is the police so you might want to give this one a look and i love the hand-drawn graphics and and how they did it and, and, and this is the police and this has that same style to it the other one again some some really great games that are really hitting the system this week out of nowhere and, and if i didn't break these down and go through this i wouldn't have even second thought it and a lot of these games are on that nindy direct from a while ago but this one was sayonara wild hearts this is coming from Annapurna Interactive and this they call it a pop album video game and the the trailer for this is super duper trippy uh, there's a custom written pop soundtrack and you're sort of in these high chase scenes where you're collecting items but then there's like dancing breakout like skateboarding battle dancing shooting sore battles all sorts of crazy crazy things and the visuals on this are, are simply stunning it has this kind of like neon look and feel to it definitely one on the wish list i'm really intrigued by this title and for 13 dollars, it's definitely given it given it a look it's just like really over the top really cool neon style and the, the music from the trailer alone was a, was a banger so definitely give this one a look and it continues. Another one from that Nitty Direct is Overland. Michael was talking all about this game. This is another turn-based survival uh, game in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, this is where you're kind of going through these small little scenes or like grids almost, little squares. And you have to assemble and turn base. And there's these monsters that are coming for you. And you have your nifty dogs that can take them down. And you have to kind of always keep your vehicle fueled up. And you have to get resources um, and this is from the same developer, Finji, who did Cannibalt and Night in the Woods. So this is absolutely something to take a look at. It is $25, so definitely give it a look, though, if you're into turn-based strategy. I know Michael would absolutely love this. 
Devil May Cry 2, it's Devil May Cry 2. So if you've never played Devil May Cry 2 before, give it a look. It's one of the classics of time. A few more on here. I'm, I'm serious. There's just so many. Uh, I'm finally really excited that uh, the team over at, um, who did this game? It's uh, Infinite Interactive decided to go back to the basics of Puzzle Quest. So a Puzzle Quest game was released earlier this year. It was a free-to-play game. Booted it up. I hated it because I don't really love free-to-play games on my Nintendo Switch. So over at Infinite Interactive, they decided to remaster the original Puzzle Quest, which is an RPG match three game. And I loved the original Puzzle Quest. This is Puzzle Quest, um, The Legend Returns. It has the original Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords and the expansion Revenge of the Plague Lord all bundled up into a $15 game with new HD graphics, has over 100 all-new quests, bringing it up to 240 quests. And it's classic, you know, Connect 3, but uh, if you're looking for a more than match 3, but like really up doing it like puzzle quest like love that game so much also want to give a call to grid autosport that's another game highlighted uh, by nintendo at that nindy direct this is like your forza racing simulator it looks really really spectacular coming out from feral interactive and codemasters and i do want to give a shout out i shouted out earlier but shakedown hawaii for the nintendo 3ds uh, this is a top-down, 16-bit open-world adventure. I mean, this game looks great. I think I'm going to boot up my 3DS just to play it on it, even though I can get it on my Switch. I mean, this is spectacular. I mean, this game uh, looks really spectacular, kind of a thing of a Grand Theft Auto type of game, but twin-stick type of shooter. Very, very cool. Happy to see this come out on the 3DS because it come out on the, the Switch already. So very, very cool to see that. I talked about in the past, Untitled Goose Game. It's back. It's here. It's finally happening. $20. Get it. Become a goose. Cause havoc. Yeah, it features a horrible goose, which you play. A town full of people. They're trying to get on with their day, and you hate them. You're a goose, so you have a honk button. And that's the Untitled Goose Game. Go buy it. It's from Panic and House House. Uh, go get that game. I, I'm very excited for Untitled Goose Game. All right, three more for you. Uh, this one, Niflhelm. Niflheim, $15 game uh, coming out from Alad Games. This one we did get a code for, and I believe Christina will be playing this one. This is a um, a castle sort of builder, and hordes of enemies are coming on you. This is sort of in a Nordic Viking Valhalla style um, environment, which looks pretty cool, has very different graphic type. But we'll kind of get a hands-on for that one next week. Other two, of course, Nino Cooney, which if you've never played before, is a fantastic RPG from level five. Absolutely spectacular. If you haven't played it, you absolutely need to have it in your life, and it's on your Nintendo Switch. And then finally, the banger, the one, the only Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening has finally landed on the Nintendo Switch. This is a reimagining of the beloved, most honestly, the most beloved game in the Legend of Zelda series. Um, you completely re-explore a, a brand new reimagining of the Colint 
island where you can collect instruments and awaken the windfish. Explore all sorts of dungeons, create your own dungeons, you can share your dungeons, um, earn mini games, uh, all sorts of good stuff with the Legend of Zelda amiibo figures. I mean, I don't need to tell you about this game because you've already seen it over and over again. It's this really cool 3D shiny looking adventure. It looks so good. I cannot wait to pick this up. It is a little expensive at $60 for being a remake, but you know what? It's The Legend of Zelda, and we're going to spend $60 on it. There's uh, also a limited edition version of it too. So if you're really, really into collecting, definitely give that a look. Uh, I could not be more excited. I really want the Amiibo too. There's a Link Amiibo for this game. Looks super duper cute. And you can use that Amiibo to unlock Shadow Link as a foe in the Chamber Dungeon mode. So give that a look. Uh, I'm really, really excited about it. It looks just so good. Uh, so good. I can't wait for it. All right. Well, that's going to bring us. I told you there's a lot of games. Told you there's a lot of games. So now it's going to bring us to everyone's favorite part of the podcast. What has James been playing? Well, last week I talked about Hyperforma, the good people's uh, over there gave us a code. The developers reached out again. We're just checking in, see how we're liking. I basically halfway through the game now. I had some flights over last weekend where I got to play it quite a bit, and I got super frustrated with it. Uh, I did beat the levels, but there are some intense, crazy levels, and I am really enjoying the music again. The 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 atmosphere of this game are spectacular. Again, it's a it's a sort of puzzle breakout hybrid where you're hacking into a computer system the in-between story elements are superbly done i mean this game is so polished in general i'm still in a state where you're controlling these little characters you're getting different power-ups and you're breaking this down i'm still not a hundred percent sure often how and why i'm finishing levels <laughs> uh successfully now it's not a bad thing because i'm enjoying it but i'm still not sure where the the skill base of it is and i would love to see the team sort of release some videos showing some expert play in this where you could honestly truly finish a level in 20 or 30 seconds as some of the challenges are without having to die and reset the counter but i'm really enjoying hyperforma a lot i think it is one to add to your wish list or give it a a, a buy because it is very very just so well done and i would like to reward developers that took time for loading, for graphics, for audio, for the the story aspects of it. Every part has performed great on my Nintendo Switch. I played it for the first time in handheld mode. Super enjoyed that uh, as well. I have some streams on our YouTube uh, that I'll link to so you can check out the first two full levels of playing. There's about 10 levels total. Again, I'm about halfway through. Your playtime ends up being 20 to 30 minutes, but I find myself spending maybe 45 to 60 minutes just as I'm redoing things and adventuring and watching the the story unfold. Another game that we got our hands on this week is Super Dodgeball Beats. I love music rhythm games, and I was really excited that we got a code for this one. And it is a game of dodgeball. But not really. It's actually not a, really a game of dodgeball. It's a it's a music rhythm game 
where you are a dodgeball team and you're pitted against other dodgeball teams. And the cool part here is that it's wacky and out there. It kind of throws you right into it. But there's four players on your dodgeball team. And there are different music notes or circles that are closing in on each of those characters. So they're in a grid in the same setup as your uh, X, Y, B, A buttons. And you have to hit them or hold them or move them in the exact same way that these notes are coming in. Now, the twist here is that as you are maybe hitting them or tapping them or holding them, you're playing against this other dodgeball team. And both of you are trying to tilt the scale or the game or the match in one direction or the other. And how you do that is by attacking your opponent. And you attack your opponent by successfully and skillfully executing those notes as they're coming in on your player. Now, the twist is as you are successfully doing that and getting goods and greats and perfects, your sort of uh, bonus meter or sort of attack meter goes up and you have multiple attacks. So sometimes you throw this big sort of like avatar that covers their screen or you throw donuts over their, their, uh, their, their, their players so they can't see it. And you're playing the AI, so you're like, okay, well, how really well is the AI doing? But there is multiplayer mode. But the cool part is that there's an entire sort of tournament mode and you're going through the ranks you play all these crazy teams it's really wacky it has this cool anime style to it and and just all the teams are really quirky have their own sort of vibe to them uh it's really one that is quite delightful it's like i played quite a few levels of this a few tournaments uh i can't report back this should be a must buy just quite yet i really liked the other rhythm games more that i've played there's more depth to them but i am trying to see if there's more depth as time goes on in super dodgeball beats but high performa super dodgeball beats good ones check them out put them on your wish list and that's gonna do it so much news so many games and i'm still all by myself but don't worry we'll be back next week and with more than just me of course As always, you can find the podcast at nintendodispatch.com or at Dispatch Podcast on Twitter. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for sticking out with me yet again for another lonely week here on the Nintendo Dispatch. Go play Zelda. This has been your Nintendo Dispatch.